Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Early Edge and our weekly Friday prop spec. Spectacular, powered as always by the almighty sports line, the best value in all of sports betting, and it is not close. Our apologies for those of you watching live on YouTube, listening on Apple or Spotify. We have been wrapped up in the World Cup, hitting two plays today. Argentina and Netherlands, both teams to score over two and a half. And there is two. Oh, <laughs> and right here live on the air, the Netherlands have just scored in the 100th minute to tie the game at two apiece. This is what we're here for. The Argentina fans are all crying. It doesn't get any better than this unless I bring in the stars of the show. But before we do that, before we do that, if you watch this live and you got all these bets in last week, let's just savor this for a second. I'm not a math major, but I believe my three experts, prop stars, Uncle Dave, C and Ajad, 12 and 2, just on the show last week. 12 and 2. That's why we tell you every single week you gotta watch us live. So with that being said, let's bring in the stars of the show. You know them. You love them, and they are here live and in living color. Gentlemen, I'm just a little bit excited about the World Cup, if you couldn't tell, if you couldn't tell. This is amazing, amazing stuff. But let's focus on the props here. First and foremost, <clears throat> he's got a brand-new nickname, live from parts unknown. <clears throat> Proppy two-time. Welcome back to the Early Edge. What's good, Coach? Uncle Dave, Cousin Sia, great to see you. Uh, just for clarification purposes, for those of you who weren't paying attention last week, I cashed my second entry into Club Cache last week on the back of Taysom Hill plus 1600 for my second ticket of the year, which I so generously gave to my boss, Senor Noah Stanley. Shout out to Noah Stanley. If he is watching, I am riding high. I am feeling great. My colleagues, I need to tip my proverbial cap to both Sia and Dave going a combined 9-0 on the show last week. Sia went 8-0 overall uh, in week 13. These guys have done so great all year. I'm so excited to see uh, how well we've all done. Oh, you're damn right. Now, next, I got to go here because I got to find out what he thinks about the new nickname live on loan from the number one fantasy show in all the land, fantasy football today. Uncle Dave Richard, do you like Proppy Two Time? I need to know what the context is of Proppy Two Time because on the surface, it's it's okay. It's not bad, but I need to know what the two time 
Well, he just told about. you he got into the club for the second time on the last. Oh, yeah. So yes. In that case, yes. I love it. I would say that you nailed it. I would say it's <laughs> goal. <laughs> hey, man, that World Cup spirit, it's everywhere right now. Same energy as last week, people. Just because we had a great week doesn't mean we're going to have a great week this week, but we can put in the effort the exact same way. That's what I did. And I've got five more picks this week that I hope you guys love. <laughs> And I am fired up and ready for him. He gave great advice. Last week means nothing if we don't get laser focus on this week, which we do every single week. Now, <clears throat> he's one of my favorite people at Early Edge, but I feel like lately we've had kind of a disconnect over the Alex stuff. Yeah, it's kind of been like this. and I don't really know where we stand, but when it comes to the shows, we are always simpatico. He is the most handsomest man in all of the Early Edge universe. Seeing Ajad, I don't think I need to ask you what you think of Alex's new nickname. I don't. I don't. You know, I, I think it's a pretty good nickname. I'm curious to hear what it's going to be if he hits it a third time like I did last year. But um, <laughs> you might want to workshop that now, or maybe not. You probably won't get to three because nobody really does that other than myself, of course. But listen, coming off an 8-0 and week, uh, it was really – I, I got to share like a really quick story. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Casey, uh, he put this out on Twitter, but he ended up messaging me after having a really, really great – week because of our picks because of this show and he he asked uh, what charities i'd like him to donate to i i gave him a few options i told him he could donate to whatever charity he wanted to but he ended up donating some of his winnings to a charity and i think that's really cool that that you know obviously we want to put money in people's pockets we want to have some fun but it's also really cool for people to you know use some of those finances to benefit you know the less privileged if you will and that's exactly what this guy casey did so Props to him and props to anybody who even considers that with some of their winnings. And hopefully we can do that for you in the future, too. I think that is fantastic. And we've actually been talking about, as we set things up for 2023, having one or two charities that we have a link to. And whenever somebody has a really big day or a really big week, they can donate at their will. And we'll see what we have at the end of the year. But I think that's a great idea. And we will be all over it the next three weeks. So, Sia, thank you very much for bringing that to our attention. All right. 12 and 2 feels pretty good. But let's get into this week because there's a lot of games, a lot of fascination, a lot of things on the line. So a lot of players will want to perform. So, gentlemen, are we ready? Are we ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, first game on the board. And if you're brand new to the prop show, we don't go through every single game. We only go to games that the guys have plays in. So don't say, you didn't talk about the Cowboys and the Cardinals. I know they're not playing. Don't yell at me. I got it. I got it. All right, here we go. First game, <laughs> Texans. <laughs> Texans at the Cowboys. Every time they play, you're like, it should be a rivalry, but it just isn't because the Texans are horrible. Listen to this number. Cowboys minus 17. The total only 44. You can't do both of those two things too much. But we don't care about the side. We don't care about the total. We care about props. So, Uncle Dave, you have earned, after a 5-0 and week, the right to go first. What do you like here? Coach, thank you for that introduction. I like Dak Prescott to go under 240 and a half passing yards, minus 117 at Caesars Sportsbook. And the feeling here is that the Cowboys passing game won't have to do much in order to beat the Houston Texans, just like pretty much everyone else the Texans have played didn't have to do much in order to beat them. Houston actually ranks bottom three in quarterback pass attempts allowed per game and bottom 12 in quarterback pass yards allowed per game. And uh, I, I mean the term allowed loosely because their pass defense legitimately isn't great, but their run defense is even worse. So you're going to see a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. You're going to see a lot of Tony Pollard. And you might not see a lot of Dak Prescott. 
because we saw when they played the Dolphins, the Texans, when the Dolphins, when they played the Texans, they pulled Tua soon after halftime and they had scored 30 points already. And Tua had a game. He had over 300 yards, but the Dolphins don't have a crazy run game and they didn't have a crazy run game in that matchup. The Cowboys do have a crazy good run game. I expect them to use it. This is a bet that Dak will not throw a ton and potentially will not play a ton because he won't need to. Dak Prescott under 240 and one half passing yards. Yeah, there's no question that we have arrived, Dave, at the time of the year where teams don't care about style points anymore. They care about healthy players. They care about getting to the finish line and they care about the record. And the Cowboys right now are very much alive being a wild card at night nine and three it's a little bit unlucky that they've got the eagles in their division but right now they still have the possibility of winning the division and this game will be get in and get out but see ya on the other side last week i believe it was you alex uh cash damian pierce for the game correct but you like him this week in a different way talk to me yeah, I pretty much like all of his unders that are tied to rushing in this game. So I, I have his the, – the one I'll give out, and I'll have a lean that, that I might actually – and by the way, Coach mentioned that we don't go over game, every game on this show. We go over the, the games that we have bets in. Well, on Sunday, we actually do go over every game, and I will have an extra bet to give out on that Sunday show at noon where, again, we go over every game. And usually I incorporate some DFS plays in there, which last minute um, there's always some changes with inactives and things of that nature. I have Damian Pierce longest rushed – under 15 and a half yards at minus 115. Listen, he, he's been running down lately, okay? He's been very inefficient, particularly over the last few games. In that span, by the way, in the last three games, he does not have a, a rush that's longer than 11 yards. So he hasn't even eclipsed 11 yards over the last three weeks. And that includes a game that, that Alex hit last week against the Cleveland Browns, which is a pretty horrendous rush defense. So I, I really like how this is sort of trending against Damian Pierce in terms of his rushing yards and his longest rush. But Dave brought up something that's really important, and that's that this game could get out of hand really quick. And Damian Pierce could get game scripted out really quick. That Dolphins game that Dave referenced, he only had five rushing attempts in that game because they were down so early, so big, they just couldn't incorporate the rushing attempts for Damian Pierce in that game. And I could absolutely see that game script happening. And even if it doesn't, even if it's like last week where he got 18 rush attempts, I still don't see him eclipsing 15 and a half rushing yards. Um, I like his under of 64 and a half rushing yards as well, but I like this one a little bit better under 15 and a half um, longest rush. And I will note, and maybe I'll have this as an official play on Sunday. I need to do a little bit more investigation, but I do like his receiving yards over of 13 and a half, but it is not an official play at this time. Well, I think you have to pl- keep in mind too, that the way they don't throw because they're not very good at throwing is going to bring the defense closer, which will mean mm-hmm. the longest rush will be harder to cash. That's kind of what C is saying, correct? Yeah, exactly. And keep in mind, Nico Collins probably doesn't play. Brandon Cooks is going to be out. So that's part of the reason I like the the receiving yards for Damian Pierce. But to your point, coach, that box is going to be stacked. Like nobody's afraid of Davis Mills to Chris Moore or Davis Mills to Philip Dorsett or Davis Mills to you name it, Brevin Jordan, Jordan Akins. So you're right. Damian Pierce is going to have a tough time finding running lanes for sure. No doubt. Quick chat question, Alex. Let me come to you. Tony Pollard and... I know what you're going to say, but there's a lot of new people. When you ask about Pollard's over 14 and a half receiving yards, Big Cheesy's here every day, but Big Cheesy, you know what he's going to say. But also over 88 and a half combo minus 115 from Clint. Your thoughts, Alex? 
Uh, I don't mind either. I, I love Dam- or, excuse me. I love Tony Pollard's skill set. He is a very talented receiving back. Unfortunately, we just don't see a consistent target floor for him. Sometimes Dallas uh, chooses to utilize him in the short area passing games, and other games they don't. Uh, I prefer a game script where they're potentially trailing or playing from behind, and I think uh, Pollard's uh, versatile skill set would be more utilized. But I do like the combination line, uh, 88.5. I do think he's set for a big game this game also screams to me as a Zeke game where they are just uh, playing with a lead running clock in the second half. So I like Tony Pollard. I just uh, think this is not the optimal matchup for him. Which um, mascot is behind you currently, Alex? The one and only goose. That's the one and only. He looks like he's getting ready to jump on you. If you say the wrong thing in the wrong, it really does. If that ever happens, we better shut the show down. Cause I will not be able to stop. He's laughing. 24 pounds coach. So it would not feel good. <laughs> Goose, please do it for us, Goose. By the way, I forgot to mention the Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders. Six teams that I guarantee you, when they saw the schedule come out, say our off week is in December? What? But that's exactly what we have this week. Six teams are off. Michael says Fantasy managers are loving that, Coach. Is is that sarcasm? Yes, very much so. (laughs) I, I learn all my fantasy from you guys. You guys are the experts, not me. Although right now I'm ranked number two in our fantasy football league. If I may, um, who's number one with uh, leading points and on a bye? That would be you. Oh, yeah, that's right, right. now. That's right, now you're, right now you're six and seven, coach. While I'm seven and six, I've won six of my last seven games. And if I win, I'm in the playoffs. And if I win, you're out of the playoffs, coach. So just wanted to mention that as well. I was simply talking about power rankings. I wasn't talking about actual rankings because I know where I stand there. Let me have the narrative. Let me have the narrative. All right. Game number two, ladies and gentlemen. And Big Cheesy just said that he has zipped up his jacket all the way over his chin to copy Uncle Dave. Everybody wants that good juju that you have. (laughs) What are you doing, Dave? What are you doing? Dave, you look like you're getting your hair cut. Looks like you're getting your hair cut and you have one. It does. All right. So Jets and the Bills. And somehow, somehow. Despite the fact the Bills have not been playing very good football and the Jets have, this is a 10-point spread, total 43. There's a lot of names, a lot of mouths to feed, as Alex loves to say. So, Dave, let me start with you. Who do you like or not like in this particular game? Well, I'll start start with uh, Devin Singletary, and I think I'll end with Devin Singletary, too. I'm going to take the under on his total yardage, 58-and-a-half. That's rushing and receiving numbers at minus 117. It seems low, especially the way that Singletary has played this year, but he's actually been under this in three of his past five games. But it's his last game that is particularly alarming to me. He played one more snap than Bill's rookie running back, James Cook. And man, in fantasy, we have been waiting for James Cook to take over, and we might be seeing it now. Cook looked much better than Singletary in every way on the ground, through the air. The only spot where maybe there was an edge for Singletary compared to Cook was inside of 10 yards. He had a goal line carry. Cook's carry inside of 10 came closer to the 10-yard line. Singletary has a 3.9-yard rushing average and no catches in the game last week. Cook, 4.6 yards per carry, six catches for 41 yards. But here's what got me. Singletary's rushing prop is at 44.5, and it's juiced heavily to the under. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And his rush attempts prop is 11.5, and that's juice heavily to the under. It signals to me, guys, that the odds makers believe what I believe, and that's James Cook isn't a one-week flash in the pan. The odds on this under are the most favorable for the better, which is why I like this better than the rushing attempts or the rushing yards prop, but it's a line that's been realized. I told you, three of his past five games, he's been under 58 and a half total yards. And I almost forgot this. They're playing the Jets. And that's a defense that's pretty solid against the run. So he's going to lose playing time. He's going to lose touches. He's going to lose opportunities. He's not going to lose you this bet, though. Singletary under 58 and a half total yards. It kind of feels like we're at the time when Tony Pollard started taking over for Zeke Elliott, that the books didn't want to give him the numbers, but he was getting the numbers. And this feels like that sweet spot. But let's stay mm-hmm. on the Bills side because Sia – They've really been struggling lately. And some of the names like Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Isaiah McKenzie, who started off the year fantastic, not so much anymore. Who are you fading this week? Yeah, I'm fading Gabe Davis. And, and it's funny because Dave mentioned the Jets defense, and, and they are good against they're good against the rush, but they're also good against outside receivers. So I've got Gabriel Davis, or I should say Gabe. It's actually Gabe Davis. I think a lot of people think it's Gabriel. Gabe Davis under 48 and a half receiving yards at minus 114. He's only hit this in two out of the last six games. I did mention to you that the Jets have been good against outside receivers. It's a good defense in general, of course. Mm. Another thing here is that the weather could be an issue here. We might be dealing with some wind. We might be dealing with some rain and maybe even some snow. You know, obviously, we're still a few days away from the game or at least a couple days away from the game. So that could change. But it's definitely going to be cold and there's likely to be precipitation. So I think that impacts Gabriel Davis's longer routes, longer dot, a little bit more than it might Stephon Diggs or even Isaiah McKenzie. But I do want to note because Dave did something really smart that, that we all do when we're doing our investigation. And we're kind of looking at not just the prop for the guy we're taking, but what are the props that are associated with? Obviously with James Cook, you want to look at Devin Singletary and vice versa. Well, in Gabriel Davis's case, what I really wanted to do is I really wanted to take his receptions prop under three and a half. The problem it's like minus 140 and I, or minus 145, depending on where you look. And I just don't feel comfortable recommending something like that. So while I think that three and a half under is going to come in, I'm just going to go with a minus 114 on under 48 and a half receiving yards. We're always afraid of Gabe Davis actually having that, that big, you know, catch, but he hasn't really been doing that that much. And that's why he hasn't hit this total in four out of his last six games. So, and, and by the way, if this, comes to fruition from from the standpoint of a 10-point spread and a positive game script for the Bills, I don't see the need to be peppering Gabe Davis late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter either. So I like the under here, 48 and a half receiving yards for Gabe Davis. That's great, great advice. And for those of you, there's many, and I used to be this way, I'd be like, ah, it's only 140, ah, it's only 145. You start doing that three or four times, now you're spending an extra 30, 60, 90 dollars on a prop that you lose because you decide the, you know, and eventually that takes up space over the course of time. Now, let's flip to the other side because there's a guy, Alex, that you have been, you told us before the season, this dude's going to have a big year. He's dynamic. And every single week, he gets bigger, stronger, better. Who am I talking about? The just phenomenal rookie, Garrett Wilson. I'm going over 59 and a half receiving yards. We were on him last week, coach. He delivered a eight catch. 162-yard performance. He had a whopping 15 targets in that game. He has eclipsed this 60-yard receiving line every game that Mike White has started, and he's had at least 92 receiving yards in four of his previous five games as well. Uh, 27% target share last week, 50% air yard share, which is just phenomenal. Uh, 14 of his 15 targets came on first reads as well. That tells me the Jets 
fully realize what they have on their hands, an elite alpha number one wide receiver who they are finally uh, drawing up plays for. And I mentioned this one last week, how he was only a part-time player up until a few weeks. He was only running routes on about 75% of the quarterback, whether it was Zach Wilson, Mike White of their dropbacks. Finally, he's up over the 90% uh, ratio, which is obviously a great indication as well. He has a phenomenal 2.06 yards per route run. That is first amongst all rookie wide receivers. Uh, he's getting open a lot as well. I saw some ESPN metrics talking about how he has been open more than any uh, rookie wide receiver and is rating amongst the top wide receivers in the NFL. If you look at all of his advanced metrics, uh, they are phenomenal. If you watch this guy, he passes the eye test as well. Also, this Bills defense, while it's a little bit scary on paper, they have uh, severely regressed or for the first like seven to eight weeks of the season, they were first in defensive EPA allowed per dropback. They're currently 10th in EPA allowed per dropback. So they've really kind of uh, cratered a bit over the last five or six weeks as well. Also, I love the fact the Jets are 10 point underdogs or nine and a half point underdogs in this game. Could be some uh, negative game script that leads to just additional targets for Garrett Wilson. This guy has just been incredible. Cannot emphasize that enough. The Jets should throw the ball a lot against the Bills, who have bled a lot of production to opposing number one wide receivers recently so give me garrett wilson over 59 and a half receiving yards shock this one isn't in the mid 60s love this rookie he's absolutely phenomenal all right a couple of questions j-rod said he only sees it at 60 and a half what would you play it up to 63 and a half 63 and a half see ya uh they're saying they're seeing 46 and a half for your play of gabe i saw that would you go to yeah, so it's uh, somebody pointed out it's 48 and a half on FanDuel, but I do like it at 46 and a half as well. That, that's probably as low as I would go. I think 46 and a half is a fair number. You're still getting value there. I wouldn't go down to 44 and a half is, is, is too low in my opinion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Okay, very, very good. All right, that's game number two. Let's move on to game number three. And this is a big-time game, a big-time game in the NFC East. The Eagles on the road, a robust seven-point edge, favored by seven after that incredible performance last week, just blowing out the Titans. They're on the road in the Meadowlands. As Vince McMahon used to like to say, if you say New Jersey, don't come back through the curtain. So what would we say? Does anybody know what we would say if we were doing a show in New Jersey? Anyone? I will not stand for any disparaging remarks about New Jersey. Just putting that out there. <laughs> Great produce. I completely forgot about that. I, I apologize. What Thank we you. used to say is 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Monday Night Raw in the shadows. Shadow of New York City. Of New York City. He always wanted to make it feel big. Big. Coach, how many people came to you and told you after that episode where you guys all uh, bagged on New Jersey? I talked about the produce. And were there not multiple people who came onto the prop shop the following week, Coach, and stuck up for me, stuck up for New Jersey, also stuck up for the fact that they do, in fact, have great produce? And it's specifically corn and tomatoes. It's not all produce. It's specifically Jersey corn and tomatoes, world-renowned, very famous. So I'm talking about Madison Square Garden. I'm talking about Vince McMahon, and you're talking about produce. You're talking about (laughs) Zia can't help himself. He's just taking shots (laughs) left and right. Hold on, hold on. I just looked up the motto for New Jersey. What is it? It's liberty and produce. No, it's 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 liberty and prosperity. But you know, I wonder if if Proppy's going to be all in on New Jersey. Maybe they need to change it to liberty and prosperity. Very interesting, Dave. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. We'll see if we can make that happen. Not. All right, back to the game. Back, but I liked it. Back to the game. All right, here we go. So, Dave, you've got two plays in this particular game, and one of them plays into what we believe the game script is going to be, and that's the Eagles get out to the lead, and they stay in the lead. Give me your two, please, sir. Let's start with one for the Giants, and that's Daniel Jones going over 28 and a half pass attempts. That's at minus 115, so a little lighter on juice than some of the other picks that I've got. And it feels like a low number considering he himself has gone over 29 pass attempts in each of his past six games except against the Texans when Saquon Barkley handled business for the G-Men. Think about what I said about Dak Prescott earlier when you hear that. And here's a little secret. The Giants are getting stronger at wide receiver and tight end. They have Darius Slayton. They found something decent in Isaiah Hodgkin. Uh, Richie James, rookie Dan Bellinger is in the mix again. And, of course, there's Saquon. Or is there Saquon? Because now, after Friday's practice Mm -hmm. when he was limited, there's some concern that maybe Saquon Barkley could be limited on Sunday or not play in the game. And if that's the case, then Daniel Jones is definitely going over this. But he should be going over it anyway because that Philadelphia defense can make them one-dimensional. Case in point, quarterbacks against Philadelphia this year are averaging 33.4 pass attempts per game. Each of the past two opponents had backup quarterbacks play. That might be the only way that Jones doesn't go over, but I suspect that he's going to play four quarters. I suspect he's going to have to throw a lot, a lot, especially for Daniel Jones, because for some quarterbacks like Tom Brady, if Tom Brady throws 32 passes, that's low for him. For Daniel Jones, man, that's like a a -a two-a-day workout. And so I'm expecting that to be the case. He's going over this. 28 and a half pass attempts, minus 115 for Daniel Jones. And so you love Daniel Jones. First play. What's the second play? The second play is an Eagles play. It's Miles Sanders over 14 and a half rush attempts. Hey, these plays correlate. I love it when that happens. And I love this about Miles Sanders. The odds are plus 100. Even money on a prop show. You got to love it. We've seen Philadelphia favorites run game when the matchups are favorable, and then they shelve it when the matchups are tough. The Giants allow 5.1 yards per carry to running backs on the season, and they're expected to play this game without defensive tackle Leonard Williams. When they haven't had Williams on the field, they average more than 5.1 yards per carry. It's up to 5.3. Just little differences, but it's enough to signal to the Eagles coaching staff, okay, let's run it. And they didn't run it last week with Miles Sanders. He only had 10 carries. They didn't want to. They didn't need to against Tennessee. 
but that's a tough run defense. They're under three yards per carry on the season. The Giants also allow 23.2 running back rush attempts per game on the season, but that number's ballooned up. <laughs> Listen to this. Hold on to your ads. 32 running back rush attempts per game in their past three against Big Blue. Teams are just shredding them on the ground. I expect Sanders to get a lot of work this week. And here's the last thing. We've seen Sanders go back-to-back weeks without 15 carries once this year. And as I told you, he had 10 last week. So this is going to be one of those bounce-back weeks. Love him in fantasy. Good number two fantasy running back. Love his over-rush attempts and player props at even money. And the Giants love to play too deep because they're scared to death of getting beat over the top, which leads into this. And, oh, see, it leads into yours. What do you like in this game? This is so cool. Reminder to everybody that we don't talk about our picks Uh before this show. And this is, I mean, I I, got to say, like, I'm almost wasting people's time because Dave already made the argument for me. What I like in this game is Miles Sanders over 65 and a half rushing yards. I also like the Miles Sanders 14 and a half play in terms of his rush attempts. I will say what's interesting about this line, Dave mentioned Leonard Williams being out. This line was 62 and a half. And then Leonard Williams, oh, he's not officially out yet. He's doubtful. So he's, he's pretty doubtful. Much not, yeah, he's pretty much not going to play. But when that news came out, which I think people should have probably maybe known anyway, the line went ballooned from 62 and a half to 65 and a half. And I had to give it a thought at that point. Like that's three yards I'm missing. But then again, Leonard Williams is missing. So I just wanted to set up that context. You could have gotten this number literally an hour ago at 62 and a half. I still like it at 65 and a half for all the reasons that Dave just mentioned. The, the Giants are allowing a ton through the running game, particularly over the last four weeks. Also allowing a lot of yards before contact, which I think is really important because if Miles Sanders doesn't get that 14 and a half rushing attempts, which I think he will, by the way, even if he gets like 12 or 13, I think he's going to spring a couple of these for 10 plus yards and that should get him sailing over the 65 and a half rushing yard total um, positive game script, by the way. I mean, I really don't see how the Giants win this game. I mean, I don't know if the, if the Eagles are going to cover. I kind of think they're going to cover too, even though it's a division game, even though it's on the road, but I think it's a lot of Miles Sanders carries in this game. And I think they're going to be from a yard per carry standpoint, very, very efficient. The Leonard Williams doubtful thing is just uh Icing on the cake, if you will. Yeah, there's no question about it. This kind of feels like the Texas Cowboys game, even though the Giants are much better. Get in and get out. And Alex, I'm coming to you real, real quick. What do you need to say? Then I've got something cool I need to say from the chat. Go ahead. Yeah, as far as Miles Sanders goes in this game, if you look at uh, when the Eagles have really uh, ch- chosen to run him heavily, he's had primarily spike games. So I would actually look at a lot of his alt lines as well. Over 100 rushing yards. You can probably get that around plus 350 to plus 450. Uh, potentially do like a ladder play where you bet him over 70 80 and scale down your units as you go up because when the eagles do commit to running the ball he's had primarily spike games no very good little nugget spike games are usually when alex is at his best now dave see ya you guys don't know about this but yesterday on the prop shop we had a caller call in his name is matt ray matt is actually in the chat right now he asked a question now what makes this interesting is that matt ray was a sweet mate of Baker Mayfield in college. And so he comes on the show, tells us these great stories, and actually had a question for Alex, as he does in the chat right now. He says the Eagles defense have had some, has given up some long runs this year. If Barkley is healthy, his longest rush prop should look good. Any thoughts, Alex? 
My issue is Saquon not being at 100%, coupled with Jordan Davis returning to the Eagles' defense. If you look at the splits of the Eagles' run defense with and without Jordan Davis, they are significant. He is one of the premier run defenders in the NFL, completely just clogs up the middle, commands a double team basically every time he's on the field. The Eagles primarily use him uh, to stuff the run. We've also seen the Eagles add an additional uh, lot of defensive depth as well, and Dominican Sue, and Ball Joseph. Uh, um, so the Eagles have shored up their run defense as well as gotten uh, Jordan Davis back. Barkley does not appear to be at 100% to me. I think he's a little bit run down from those big workloads that he had uh, throughout the majority of the season. Also don't like how he's been deployed over the last few weeks. It's why we stayed away from a lot of his props. Uh, they're just kind of not being very creative, in my opinion, with how they're getting him the ball. Uh, it's just very predictable. So I'm staying off of uh, Saquon props. All right, very, very good. We've got that game covered top to bottom. But as he has said, we will break down every single game on Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Moving on to game number four. And don't look now, ladies and gentlemen, but the Detroit Lions, who are in the same division as the Minnesota Vikings the last time I checked, they are favored over the first place Minnesota Vikings by two. They're on a little bit of a run. Total sitting at 51. And part of the reason, see, for this success is the play of the quarterback for the Detroit Lions. And they've been very efficient, very quick, and that leads to what? Well, that leads to a lot of a lot of success from Jared Goff. You know, I was considering what I wanted to take with Jared Goff, whether it be pass attempts or passing yards. I settled on Goff over completions of 23 and a half. Full disclosure, this was 22 and a half yesterday. It's gone up to 23 and a half because I think the bookmakers are seeing probably some money coming in on Jared Goff's completions because I mean, let's remember, I had Mike White's over in pass attempts last week. Let's remember what Mike White did against the Minnesota Vikings, 369 passing yards. So again, I'm not going for the passing yards because what I think is going to happen in this game is I think Goff is going to have a lot of completions, a lot of underneath stuff, exposing some of the Minnesota Vikings zone, which they like to play. And I just really think guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Shark, you name it, TJ Hawkinson, well, not TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he's on the other side of the ball, and I almost had a prop for him too, but I backed off. But the point is, I think he's really going to like have some of these to DeAndre Swift. I think there's going to be a lot of completion, just slowly matriculating the ball down the field. I wish I had gotten it at 22 and a half, but I really like it at 23 and a half. Again, this Viking secondary can really truly be exposed. I don't think the running game for Detroit is going to be super successful. As far as Jared Goff's passing yards prop, I believe it was 274 and a half. I think that's a pretty good number. My lean would be to the over, but I like the completions better. All right, just for anybody wondering, 31 of 41, 340 and two touches just last week. Just last week. Now, there's another player that when he is healthy for the Detroit Lions, they're a different team. If you watch Hard Knocks, who was the one guy that Dan Campbell couldn't stop raving about? Well, he's starting to get healthy. Had a good game last week. And Prop Stars, I believe you believe he's going to have another good week through the air. This week, who am I talking about? Talking about DeAndre Swift, and you guys always hear me caution against running back receiving props, but this is one that I absolutely love. I'm taking him over 24 and a half receiving yards. I'll explain why. It was great to see DeAndre back last week. He looked fully healthy to me, finally. Didn't appear on the injury report. He was rewarded with playing 51% of the snaps. That is his third highest snap share of the season, but there's still room for him to play more. Uh, Justin Jackson played on 21% 
of the snap. So that gives some additional room for Swift's role to continue growing in this Detroit backfield. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Swift ended up in the 60 to 65% uh, snap uh, percent range this week. This guy is so dynamic. He is so electric. He is so versatile as well. He really is, in my opinion, uh, the Lions' second best pass catcher. Uh, also, this is a great matchup against the Vikings. They've given up the fifth most yards to opposing running backs this year. Opposing running backs are averaging 49 receiving yards per game. I always talk about getting cheap pieces in games that I like that have a lot of shootout uh, probability. This being a perfect example, this is a 51 or 52 point total. Uh, two teams uh, evenly match as you see a low point spread. Uh, both very explosive offenses with tons of dynamic players. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he had 14 targets over the last two weeks as well, which you absolutely love to see. So he's being utilized more and more. I can't emphasize enough that he is one of the best pass catching running backs in the NFL. This number last year was routinely in the mid to high 30s, low 40s. So getting a significant discount in a game that should be up-tempo feature, a lot of offense. And yeah, I just love this prop. DeAndre Swift over 24 and a half receiving yards. I played up to 27 and a half. All right. Very, very good. Now I love my man Jeffrey in the chat, but he says the Lions are getting too much credit after a good game. Really, Jeffrey? Let's go back just for a second. 40-14 to 14 win against the Bills. They had that game won almost. 28-25. They beat the Giants. They beat the Bears. They beat the Packers. And the Dolphins barely beat them 31-27. They're playing great football. They're playing really, really good football. Yes, Alex? Also not applicable to props, so... It doesn't well, matter to me if the, the Lions are playing well or pl not playing well because uh, it doesn't really affect the player props. So that that's true. That's true. We're just trying to include everybody. Include. Everybody. I understand. I, I do understand what the guy's point though. But yeah, just saying yeah. You, whether they're favored or, or behind, I still like this prop. That's the beauty well, of props. Is your your new best friend Matt Ray said he loves that play. He loves that play. Yes, see ya. Uh, the Vikings are terrible. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> frauds. They're frauds. I say. They're probably the worst. Would you say they're the worst first place team in football? Yes. Without even giving it Aren't a second. Aren't the Chiefs in first place, coach? Ooh, ouch. No, you're Shot. not. You're not saying that. They're the second worst. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, they're in second place. Okay. Tampa Bay. Oh, oh they would be the worst first place team. Yeah. Boy, that was a shot, Alex. That was a shot. That hurts. Guys, always come at the Eagles. I had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. 425 Eastern on Sunday. The Panthers, Baker Mayfield's old team, as of Monday, there's <laughs> bananas what he did last night. Bananas. So, Seahawks, favored by three and a half. Total 44 and a half. And, Proppy, I'm coming right back to you because the average person would say, oh, he's going directly with a Seattle player. They're playing in Seattle. This will be a Seattle blowout. They would be incorrect. What do you like? Yeah, I like DJ Moore over 50 and a half receiving yards. We saw DJ Moore finally come back to life last week with Sam Darnold at the helm. He turned six targets into four receptions, 103 yards, and a receiving touchdown as well. We have just a minimal sample size of Sam Darnold, but he has played exponentially better than any quarterback so far as far as the other Carolina quarterbacks are concerned, whether it be Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker. Uh, again, not a huge sample size. Size, but he actually played really, really well 
last week. Um, he's also getting a decent matchup against the Seattle pass defense. They're 26th in EPA allowed per dropback. They're 26th in pass rush grade. They also allow a lot of plays deep down the field. If we break down DJ Moore's metrics this year, he is absolutely elite when it comes to things like route participation, air yard share. I think he's actually first in the NFL with a 45% air yard share. He hasn't converted a lot of those targets. He hasn't been able to do much, but that to me is a as a byproduct or result of bad quarterback play. I think Sam Darnold is by far the best quarterback that he's had. We saw the results last week. This is also a good matchup against Seattle, who has been very friendly to opposing wide receivers. DJ Moore looks uh, re-energized in this offense. This guy's absolutely electric. He doesn't have a lot of target competition either. He runs his routes deep down the field. As I mentioned, Seattle does not defend well or they don't cover well and they also don't get pressure so that's going to allow those routes to develop deep down the field they've also given up i think more plays over 20 yards to opposing wide receivers than any team in the nfl this year so i also was looking at dj moore's uh, longest reception props as well i'll probably bet that as well in addition to the 50 and a half yards but i think this line is great and i also think he's going to be featured regardless of game script i do think he'll be uh, kind of the engine of Carolina's passing attack. So give me DJ Moore over 50 and a half receiving yards. This looks like a potential spike game. I'll probably also sprinkle on his alt lines over a hundred yards as well. I'd play this one up to 54 and a half. As good as the Seattle Seahawks have been this year, uh, no matter who they played, they've been able to move the ball and throw on them. See ya, go. So I have a few plays that, that I that I haven't given out because I, I wanted to get a little bit more information. Um, Derek Henry's involved in that. I'll probably release that on the final bets show on Sunday. One of those plays that I was considering, and there's only three that I have like literally written down on this sheet to my right, is DJ Moore over 50 and a half receiving yards. So I just wanted to endorse show me. that play. Show I absolutely me. here it is. Show me. Can you see it? I see it. Yes, we can. Receipts. He brought receipts. the receipts. It's there. I cousin see it got my back. He's always got your back. That's true. I will shut up. I will shut up. By the way, Netherlands and Argentina, this is getting bananas. No goals in extra time. No goals, but damn it, it's been really, really close. And now every every no no no. Two minutes left, and then there'll be penalty kicks and nobody scores. Everybody is on their feet in the stadium. Every single person is standing. If you don't like the World Cup, I don't know what to tell you. I do not know what to tell you. I do. Did you raise your hand, Alex? Yeah, I was going to ask you a question, but we can wait. Please, please go ahead. If uh, Argentina wins in penalty kicks, does that count as a win for their money line? No. In fact, you lost that bet because it's only a 90-minute bet. I gotcha. apologize for that. Yeah. Everything is 90 minutes, and you got to bet in the extra time live. It's the only gotcha. way you can do it. All right. Now, I'm seeing that Alex is starting to figure out the show. It's almost like he wants you guys to be the opening act, and then he comes through with the 4 o'clock games, so he gets all of it at the end. I'm, I'm seeing what you're doing there, Alex. So as we go to the Bucks and the 49ers, we've never – I don't think we've ever given out a play that's north of minus 160, and I don't even know if they exist, to be quite honest with you. But, Dave, I'm seeing here you have a play that you would like to change on the fly. Is that true? It's a fact, Coach. We're doing something we've never done, or maybe we have. I don't remember. I'm too busy. <laughs> There's so many Cup shows. To, to change what we've done with one of the picks, uh, I can't give out a pick where the odds are, are over 150. So peek behind the curtain. The prop that I like was Mike Evans over three and a half receptions because 
Mike Evans is going to catch four balls. Okay. Yes. But when I looked at the number, it was 137 on Caesars. And I thought, okay, that's pretty high for juice. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give it anyway, even though it's high, because you never want to lay out that much money on a okay. bet unless you're really, really sure. That's true. And it looked like maybe it was a typo on the Caesars site because now it's at minus 174. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how much money you've got, I don't care what <laughs> your disposable income situation is. It is bad business for me to tell you to put almost two to one on a player prop. There are other bets out there where you might want to do it like a money line in the NFL, but not on a player prop. I can't do it. I so agree. we're changing on the fly and we're going to Christian McCaffrey over 39 and a half receiving yards at minus 117. It's odds that we can deal with. And it's a player who's pretty good at catching <laughs> passes out of the backfield. And I'll tell you what, I think that's how the 49ers are going to continue to operate with Brock Purdy under center. Yeah, I know it's crazy to lean on Brock Purdy, but they're playing the Bucks. And Tampa Bay's run defense is one of the best in the National Football League. And I think the 49ers know it. And they're not going to ram Christian McCaffrey into that defensive front 20 times a game. How do they get around that? You use Christian McCaffrey in the passing game, just as they've been doing since he arrived in San Francisco and just as the Panthers did before. And even last week, Brock Purdy, first time in the NFL, he barely knows what he's doing. Even he had the sense, guys, to have a 30% target share to Christian McCaffrey. And I know what the fantasy nerds in the chat are going to say. They're going to say, well, Dave, (laughs) the Buccaneers are top five in (laughs) fantasy points or yards per catch allowed to opposing running backs. I don't care for two reasons. Number one, it's Christian McCaffrey. And number two, I'm doing this on the fly and I need to give a fifth pick. And this is the pick (laughs) that I'm giving. And I had it on my list. It was probably my sixth or seventh favorite pick. Now I'm moving it up. It's number five. We're going with it. Christian McCaffrey. All he needs is 40 receiving yards. I feel like he's done that 30 times in his career. Probably low on that. CL tell me. But he's going over 39 and a half against the Bucks on Sunday. Minus 117. If you read any article after that game against the Dolphins, you would almost think that 49ers players have been waiting for Brock Purdy to get his opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say what, you know how I am about nicknames. I think everybody should have one. But I'm not going to say his nickname on the air, but go do a little research. <laughs> and when you get that nickname from your locker room, I think you're going to play pretty good quarterback. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know I know exactly. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It is very you, much in the here. same vein as Nick Foles' <laughs> nickname. Thank you. <laughs> Very, I see that's what you why, did there. I see that's what you why did he's there. the goat. Yeah, I'm telling you, this guy has you got You got to have an ego to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. You have to. You cannot play it otherwise. And apparently, his is as big as California. And we're gonna see it <laughs> as he starts this week. It must stink if your Buc- name is Paul, because it rhymes with small. Final game. <laughs> Our I love. I love working with you guys so much. So freaking much. <laughs> Jacob in the chat. <laughs> I'm not going to read these, but they're funny. I'm not going to read them, but they're funny. All right. Final game. Dolphins, Chargers. Big game. Certainly for the Dolphins who dropped one last week, and now you're starting to look from a division winner to potentially playing a wild card game on the road. That's how important these games are. Dolphins lane three, total 52 and a half. And as I look at my notes... 
I see a player on the Chargers side who we're fading, and I see a player on the Dolphins side who we are not fading. Proppy, talk to me. Yeah, and uh, two real quick things. You can call me the Mariana Rivera of this prop show because I closed the show out better than anybody, I might add. And uh, the only thing bigger than Purdy's ego is my win rate this year. So eat that, fellas. First up, we're going Jeff Wilson over 40 and a half rushing yards. Listen, you can throw away last week's one carry three-yard performance against – probably the best or second best run defense in the NFL, in the 49ers. The Dolphins abandoned the run in that game. We saw Raheem Mostert uh, primarily play in that game. Uh, he is the ideal back for them, or he he gets more the majority of playing time when they're playing from behind. Uh, he has a lot more pass catching skills, or at least the 49ers view it that way. But Jeff Wilson has actually been a lot better than Raheem Mostert this year. If you compare their numbers and you compare their metrics, well, uh, uh, Wilson has run quite a bit better. Uh, this is also just a phenomenal matchup against the Chargers. They rank 29th in EPA allowed per rush, 28th in rush success rate as as well. Uh, the Dolphins are going to be a lot more efficient on the ground. I also think they're just going to k- call a lot more rushing plays uh, this week as well. So yeah, this is just a good spot for Jeff Wilson to get uh, a bounce back. He had been playing over Mostert pretty much every game since landing um, in Miami prior to last week's game against the 49ers. I really think that was an outlier. And I think we'll see the Dolphins establish the run against the Chargers team, who is one of the biggest run funnels in the NFL. We get a big discount on it as well, which I always talk about. I love to take advantage of. So I love Jeff Wilson over 40 and a half yards. Wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if he ends up being uh, the lead back to, and even if he's not, he can still get there on eight to 12 carries, which I expect his floor to be at in this matchup. So love Jeff Wilson over 40 and a half rushing yards. I play this one up to 43, 44 and a half. Next up, we are fading Austin Eckler under 48 and a half rushing yards. Eckler has really struggled on the ground this season. He's been held under in six of his last seven games, nine of 12 games overall. That's a 75% hit rate to the under. He's averaging 49, excuse me, 49 rushing yards per game this year. The only games he's had more than 50 rushing yards were against the Chiefs, Texans, and Browns. What are the three things those defenses have in common? They can't stop anybody on the ground. He's failed to log at least 11 carries in four of his last six games as well. So he's not even getting a lot of work. He's being completely utilized as a receiver out of the backfield that they use the short area passing game as an extension of the run game. We also see Josh Kelly starting to eat into those uh, rushing attempts as well. Also, this is a very tough matchup against the Dolphins D. They've allowed just like 828 yards to opposing running backs through 12 games that's 69 yards per game that is the fourth fewest in the nfl this season they're ninth in rushing dvoa compared to 23rd in passing dvoa teams are not running against miami there's two reasons for that one because they're a much bigger pass funnel the pass defense is worse than the run defense but also because miami has the ability to really uh push the pace and get teams to abandon the run because of how explosive their offenses. So yeah, I love this spot to fade Eckler under 48 and a half rushing yards. I play this one down to 45 and a half. Wouldn't surprise me if he ends up with seven or eight carries for like 32 yards here. And yeah, this is a very stout Miami defense. I'd play it down to 45 and a half yards. Yeah. And Staley, by the way, when he starts to second guess himself, he just throws it all the time. That's what he just throws it all the time. Quick update. 
the same Argentina goalie who gave up two goals in the last 10 minutes to send it to extra time. He's coming up large. He stopped the first two Netherlands penalty wow. kicks, and Argentina has made both. They're up 2 nothing. If they miss it here, and they make it's over in three, which never happens. Wow. Amazing stuff. Both games today going to penalty kicks. It doesn't get any better than that. All right. <clears throat> Grab your paper. Grab your pencil. Here is the recap. And we like to do what we call the whip around and let all the guys in 10 seconds or less give you the reasons for their picks. Now, a reminder, if you're coming in and fast forwarding right to here, well, you're missing the whole point of the show. So don't tweet me on Sunday if you don't watch this thing live. All right, let's do it. Best bets time. Prop stars, start us off. Yeah, first up, we've got DJ Moore, over 50 and a half receiving yards. I just think he's a much different player with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Also a friendly matchup against Seattle, who have been very generous to opposing wide receivers. They've also allowed a lot of plays downfield. Then we've got DeAndre Swift, over 24 and a half receiving yards. This guy played over 50% of the snaps last week, appears to be fully healthy, getting a big discount here. Uh, This number was routinely in the mid to high 30s last season. Also, the Vikings have been very vulnerable to receiving running backs as well then we've got Garrett Wilson over 59 and a half receiving yards this guy's been absolutely dynamic he is playing uh pretty much running all the routes and he is the number one option for the Jets Mike White looks to be a viable quarterback option as well and Garrett Wilson has been phenomenal and the Bills have also been very generous recently as well Austin Eckler under 48 and a half rushing yards Eckler has really struggled has been held under nine of 12 games six of his last seven games Miami is very stout up front then we've got jeff wilson over 40 and a half rushing yards the chargers are one of the biggest run funnels in the nfl this season jeff wilson has actually been a lot better than raheem mostart wouldn't uh, surprise me to see him with at least 10 plus carries and he should easily eclipse this number and the man who went 4-0 on the show last week see it go Damian Pierce, longest rush under 15 and a half yards. I think Damian Pierce could get game scripted out of this game. I like his under of 64 and a half as well, but he just has not been explosive at all. And so I think he's going to land under 15 and a half yards as his longest rush. Uh, speaking of long rushes, Miles Sanders over 65 and a half rush yards. I think he is going to have a, a, a couple long rushes at least. And I think he's going to eclipse this 65 and a half rushing yard total, particularly because of the injuries that the Giants have and how they've been playing against the run. Jared Goff over 23 and a half completions. Love that. I think that he's going to be passing a lot. I think he's going to be finding spots in the Viking zone to pepper his receiving targets. And then Gabe Davis under 48 and a half receiving yards. He just hasn't gotten there in four out of the last six games. And in this game environment with the Jets defense, I don't see him eclipsing 48 and a half receiving yards. All right. And finally, the man of the hour. Too sweet to ever be sour. 5-0 and on the show a week ago. Uncle Dave, go. I spent so much time earlier on the show talking about these picks. I'm not going to do it again right now. I've got two running backs going in different directions. I've got two quarterbacks going in different directions. And I've got Christian McCaffrey, the best pass catching running back in the National Football League, going over his prop. You want to know more about it? Go back and watch. You've got the time. (laughs) All right. Now, things are getting very tight there. Argentina missed their fourth kick. So it's three to two. With one kick remaining. Wow. There's wow. literally people in tears watching this. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. All right. You guys know we in every single one of our shows because I want to know what my cappers think of the other cappers. What's their most favorite prop pick from the other cappers? So, Alex, you're not going to offend anybody. Who do you like the most? Talk to me. Uh- 
Uh, I'd say actually a, a toss up between one of Dave's props and one of Sia's props. I know that sounds uh, like I, I'm being a company man here, but I'm telling you, I do like both these equally. I like the Gabe Davis fade under 48 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this Jets defense is extremely stout. Sauce Gardner, elite corner. DJ Reed is also a very good corner as well. And they have just shut down opposing uh, passing games. So love that. I also like the Christian McCaffrey look as well. Just seeing Purdy just rely so heavily on McCaffrey I like the way that he was being utilized in the short area passing game I expect him to get eight to ten targets so I uh, like both those props quite a bit Dave play the game the right way please <laughs> it's prop stars pick of Garrett Wilson over 59 and a half receiving yards this receiver is just too good and Mike White throws so much and this Bill's defense they're not the shutdown unit that you think they are, at least not anymore. Their secondary is a little beat up. I, uh, if I could put a double sprinkle on anything, it's going to be Garrett Wilson over 59 and a half. All right, very good. By the way, Speculator was on Early Edge in 5 earlier today, and I don't think he quite understood the lingo, and he goes, ah, I don't like it a lot, but it's worth a couple of units. I said, no, 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 no. Do not say that. Don't say that. All right. By the way, Argentina wins with penalty kicks in the last one. You guys remember in Teen Wolf when at the end of the movie they walked up and he handed him the basketball like chest and then walked back? Yeah. Remember that scene? That's mm -hmm. what the goalie just did with the Argentina guy. who He handed him the ball and just stood there and looked at him <laughs> and then walked backward wow. trying to intimidate him. It didn't work. Wow. Buried it in the back of the net. All right. See ya. You're the last to go. Who do you like? Well, remember last week, I didn't play this game, right? I kind of jumped the gun. <laughs> so I'm going to make up for it by not playing the game right again, because what? I have to say this because it happened again. And I love when this happens. But the two picks I was going to give out in Sunday Night Football were Austin Eckler's rushing under and Jeff Wilson's over for the same reasons that Prop Stars just gave out. So I love those. But guess what? There's a third one. I love the Dak Prescott one that Dave gave out in terms of his under in his passing yards. Nico Collins has officially been listed as out. Uh, we know Brandon Cooks is officially listed as out. I think the Cowboys are going to roll. They're not going to need Dak Prescott. I like all three. Sorry, guys, because two of them were going to be mine. So it's really just one, but three. I mentioned earlier today a quote from Vince McMahon. He also had a quote when any of the talent would do something that was off script. Oh, and he yeah. called it going into business for yourself, which I feel like you guys just did, despite my instructions. I will deal with it after the show. I'll but see myself out. I'm a company man through and through. Oh, we oh we know that, Alex. Oh, we know. There's nobody that loves the bosses more than Alex. Here, my God, I love everybody. <laughs> There's only one thing left to do. Damn it, I love this show so much. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all these prop tickets like we did 12 times last week. Straight to the pay window for my entire crew. Love them all. Five and zero, Uncle Dave. Seeing the job four and zero, eight and zero for the whole weekend. Prop stars killing it all year long. There is not a group of prop handicappers, or really any handicappers across the world today, better than my three. And they're all, all of them, are with us at the early edge. Good luck. Yeah.